Welcome to the Have You Ever Podcast. My name is Michael Nielsen, a fitness enthusiast, lifelong learner who is always asking questions. Each week I will dive into topics you've always wanted to know more about, but never had the courage to explore. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of Have You Ever. This week I am learning about music production from my friend Greg Almas. Greg is a musician, and for the past 15 years he has been a member of the band South Oval from Hamilton, Ontario. Highlights of today's episode include, we learn about Greg's music background and his band South Oval. Greg shares his process for making music and the tools he uses. We chat about new technology and how Greg has adapted over the last 15 years. Be sure to stick around after the episode to hear South Oval's song, More Than You've Ever Been Used To. Here is Producing Music with Greg Almas. Welcome back everyone to Have You Ever. Today I am here with my friend Greg Almas. Greg, how are you today? Uh, staying well so far. How are you? Excellent, thank you. So Greg, we are here to talk a little bit about music. And so firstly, can you tell me a little bit about your music background? Sure. So I'm not professionally trained or anything to that effect. In fact, I didn't even take music in high school, if you can believe that. However, I uh, when I was back in, oh, let's say 15, 16 years old. So I was in high school, early high school, I started playing the guitar. And the way that started happening, which is hilarious, is my dad had bought my brother, Andrew, who's younger than I, but also we'll talk about it later, but also in our band South Oval, he bought him a guitar and an amp, an electric guitar and an amp, because my brother wanted to start learning how to play the guitar. And so I was totally against it. Didn't want him to, didn't really care about guitars or anything like that. But my brother started playing the guitar and he's three years younger than me, so 12 year old. And so I started wanting to try out his guitar, but I'd have to sneak in to like his room to play it when he wasn't around because he didn't want me playing it. And eventually my dad saw me starting to try and learn how to play this guitar. So he decided uh, it was time for me to get a guitar. So we went out and bought myself a guitar as well. And that's kind of how my brother and I started learning how to play the guitar. Because prior to that, I also had to take him to all his music lessons because I could drive him to his music lessons a little later on. We started learning how to play the guitar and we started writing songs together. And so with that, I also come from a very musical family. So my mom sings in bands, my dad plays the guitar, my aunts and uncles all singing choirs and stuff like that. My grandfather used to play the piano and the pipe organ in the church. So very musical family for sure. As we were slowly growing up, my brother and I, we started learning songs. So this is back in the 90s. We were learning all sorts of songs by you know, typical Nirvana, Oasis, like any of the pop stuff, Foo Fighters. And we would be singing along and playing with each other, playing the guitar and uh, trying to record into my parents' stereo system. So we had, I bought a splitter and we eventually started trying to record two, we only had two inputs to record and you had to record onto tape. And so you had to get it right. Otherwise you had to go and redo the whole thing again. You didn't have any editing software or anything like that. So we would just hit record and start playing our song and then listen back and go, okay, that was pretty good. Okay, 
And then eventually we would try and start adding harmonies into that. And, uh, and we kept playing and playing and playing. And I can go on and on, but uh, essentially I went to university and we started performing some shows uh, as a group called Memory Burn. And after university, my dad actually bought us a 16-track recorder that we started learning how to use and started recording music into. And then uh, started learning how to, very early on, edits some music on the computer. And this is back in the early 2000s now, when eventually we created a band called South Oval. So it was me, my brother Andrew, our drummer, Bill Stewart, and who just lived down, one of my best friends who who lived right down the street from us. And we lived on the street South Oval, (laughs) so hence the name. And he literally lived a block away, so uh, very fitting. And then we also had Graham Booth, who happens to be our cousin as well. And so the four of us, we started playing and uh, writing songs. Bill finally, he was the drummer, so we finally actually had a, a drum, a consistent drummer who could keep the rhythm for us. And we started recording and started trying to learn how to edit our songs on the computer. So that's kind of our, our a quick, quick synopsis of our progress. And while we were doing that, we were starting to play more and more shows around Hamilton as a band. And then we started branching off. We, we did like the Spring Music Festival. We did the Steam Whistle Indie Club at the Edge 102. We got a little bit of radio play on Y108. And we started just, we, we recorded a whole album at a studio, well, a six EP album on a st- at a studio. And uh, we started playing, like I said, shows all around Hamilton. Another funny story is uh, we were playing at the Casbah and band called Charlemagne opened up for us. And then and we had a pretty good following at that point. So we had a pretty good crowd that night as we introduced our band named South Oval. It's named after the street in Hamilton, yada, yada, yada. We had a great show. And uh, about a couple months later, we heard that this band called Charlemagne changed their name to the Arkells. And so we were like, oh, cool. They, they did kind of the same thing as us, only the Arkell Street is literally two streets down from South Oval. So it was kind of funny that they did the same type of thing as us, where they named their band after the street that they were all uh, playing on as well. Their inspiration. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Did you guys ever have any kind of inspiration to like want to keep going then at that point? I mean, obviously the Arkells, as we know, have made it huge. But at that point, did you have any ideas about taking yourselves to kind of the next level? Or was this more just for fun you guys were doing this? Well, at the time we were, I I took a year off. So I just finished school. So I took a year off. And we just really poured ourselves into music. Now, being an independent band, you you are working nonstop. It, it's like trying to start a business. You're going like 18 hours a day. You are waking up, you are doing writing songs, you're recording, you're doing rehearsals, you're demoing. And you're also trying to get all the marketing going as well. You're trying to book shows. All of that's happening pretty much all the time. So you're, you're not resting because if you're resting, then you're not practicing. You're not getting better as a as a band and we would spend countless hours doing that. So we were trying to kind of get ourselves starting to take off. And so like when we played spring music festival and stuff like that, we were playing 
with another band who kept playing with us called Ill Scarlet, and they were starting to make some headway. We started playing more and more shows, but then I actually blew out my voice a little bit. I couldn't sing for about six months. Our band just started moving in various directions as many bands that are young and you know having changes in life start happening myself i uh, also eventually got married my brother he was doing his phd and people were moving kind of out of the out of the vicinity so we had a good run but we also knew that it probably wasn't going to last interestingly listening to some other podcasts you know, learning that most bands, the average band lifespan is about seven years if you're doing really well. So most bands peter out a lot quicker than that. But yeah, we tried to do it for a while. And then, as I said, once I blew up my voice for a while, I couldn't sing. So, uh, and we just had a lot of different life changes. So we, as a band, just went on hiatus for a very extended period of time. And it wasn't really until this pandemic hit that I started, you know, picking up a guitar and started learning, you know, how to get back into music and starting to set up a recording setup that made sense in this era, (laughs) because that's a decade of technology that's improved immensely since then. And so for us, my goals now are very different from when we were recording way back in the day, back in 2005 to 2007 sort of thing. Well, it's great that you're still very passionate about music. I know we've talked a lot about it over the years, but who would you say are some of your inspirations for your kind of musical influences when you were growing up during that time? The band as a whole, we've got a very eclectic music taste. You know, we, we love rock, punk, you know, uh, heavier music but then we also like folk music we like you know we we don't have an issue with pop music at all like we love pop music dance music country i'll even listen to things like that certain bands that really inspired us again would have been something like the goo goo dolls lifehouse dashboard confessional you know there's so there's that emo side of things there's a whole wide range of influent influential bands that really sparked our creativity and so we would write like generally when we write a song well at least when I write a song I generally start with an acoustic guitar because that to me just makes the most it feels the most organic and so if I can make a song sound good on an acoustic guitar I know it usually will translate to any other type of realm afterwards and so for me i usually start writing on acoustics but that's not to say everybody would start writing on acoustic guitar you just start really writing on something that feels natural to you i guess when you're trying to produce these songs do you use that acoustic guitar first or do you come up with your lyrics first what what do you kind of choose for your production that's a great question i would say probably 90 percent of the time I come up with the music so even when I listen to music the first thing I hear is the music I don't necessarily listen to the lyrics because the music takes me on the journey but then the lyrics catch my ear with all the hooks in it and so there are other people who will only listen to the lyrics and focus less on the musical intent so they want to be taken on a lyrical journey So for me, when I write songs, the music has to make 
sense to me. And then from there, I myself, I struggle so much writing lyrics. I have so much difficulty trying to write lyrics just because I want them to really be impactful and have that emotional impact in the sense that it transfers over to the listener. Because at the end of the day, if the listener can't get into the music, then to me, you haven't done your job. So I, I try to, I write the lyrics last usually, and I spend a lot of time on them, uh, just trying to perfect them. With that said, for me, starting off with the musical part of it, you know, I might start with an acoustic guitar, but the acoustic guitar may not be even in the final version of the music, depending on what suits the music for sure. Where would you say you get your inspiration for your songs from, either lyrics or songs? I know inspiration can definitely come in many different ways. One of my favorite stories is from the band Guess Who, when they had their inspiration for the song American Woman, when they broke the tune for their guitar string and trying to retune the song and they stumbled onto those famous chords that we know uh, very well. So how, how do you find your inspiration for your songs? Many, many different places. Sometimes it can be like one lyric that I'll, I'll hear. So for example, I might be listening to music or I might be reading a book or something like that. And somebody just says a line that captures my attention. And then from there, it's like, it feels like a song starts building from that lyric. Sometimes it's, a very emotional place. It could be, you know, from the side of like a breakup or like a relationship of some sort or a special event happening. There, There's so many things. More recently, I've been, in some cases, I've been writing more in a political realm, just more recently. But it it's really what inspires me in that moment and also what I feel like fits the music. Equally, I sometimes I get a challenge. So I've had friends, so I had one friend specifically tell me, you know, there's no songs that have the name that that are named Brianne, spelled B-R-E-G-H-A-N. So I went, okay, challenge accepted. And I wrote a song called Brianne to, for my friend. It turned out very well. I used a lot of jazz chords in that song and I was thrilled with it. Equally, when my wife and I were getting married, I wanted to write her a song for our wedding that we could dance to. And I wrote a song called More Than You've Ever Been Used To. And that's actually up on YouTube right now. Just another example of a, a theme I might write about, for example. These days, I'm also getting help from my daughters writing some music. So <laughs> you never know where you'll get your inspiration right. from. So you talked er early about <clears throat> the change that's happened through the years of recording and you know, starting with those tape decks. What applications do you use now for your recording? Yeah, that's a great question. So now, so yeah, we, we kind of <laughs> expanded essentially. Since the pandemic happened, I started getting more equipment, I guess, for recording specifically. So it's been about a year now since I got back into recording music and starting to really learn the whole process. And it, it started obviously with trying to get a connection from my guitar into my computer. So I bought a, a, a device. Uh, for me, I bought the Focusrite, the Scarlett 2i2. And it what it does is it an input so you can plug in your guitar and it'll send the signal into your computer and then your computer will write 
the music into what's called a DAW, which is a digital audio workspace. And so that is essentially where you'll record various tracks and each track can be different. So you might have a guitar, a couple guitar tracks. You might then lay down a vocal track separately. It doesn't always have to be at the exact same time. You can lay down some drum tracks, bass tracks, keyboard tracks. You can, there's virtual instruments now. There's just a whole plethora of options available to you to making music. And so the first pieces that I got were obviously having the computer to be able to do it and then a device to plug it in and some speakers to listen to. And then from there, it was starting to learn how to use the, the, the DAW to be able to edit the work stuff. So a DAW would be something like GarageBand. It, when you get more uh, advanced, you've got things like Logic Pro. Um, you've got Pro Tools. I use Studio One. There's Cubase. There's a whole bunch of them. And they all do the same thing with various functions. They come with what are called plugins. These are different things to help you adjust the music. So there's EQs, equalizations and compressions to help make the music sound clearer and better. And it's been a real big journey. And then in order to help me learn that, obviously I had to go and find a spot. So the first place, of course, you think to head to is let's go to YouTube. What is on YouTube? How can I figure out how to use this stuff, this software? So I went to YouTube and started learning a little bit. And then I wanted to learn more. So at that point, I started, I actually bought a couple online courses to help my education. So I invested in my education, essentially in learning more music theory and how to actually do this. And so both for recording, mixing and mastering, because those are kind of the three functions you do. And so from that point, I've been able to start recreating music again. And I've taken some songs that I wrote a long time ago and re-recorded them or added to them or just remix them completely and others i'm now starting there's some newer stuff that i'm just starting to write that is just coming to me out of thin air and uh, getting put on uh, eventually getting put up on youtube you've been playing now for i guess almost 20 years how would you say the music industry has changed uh, over the years, you know, when I think back, you know, when I would have been growing up, you know, you know, my dad would have had like records, but now things have changed quite a lot. What would you say is one of the biggest ways the music industry has changed? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, certainly when I was, when I was growing up, it was tapes and CDs that were in the stores. <laughs> so most most people are like what the heck are cassette tapes these days right um and i still got the cassette tapes as well so and i've got a player to play them as well so all those recordings that me and my brother made way back when on my parents stereo i've still got those and i've actually referred back to some of them but uh it, it's changed quite a bit you know obviously with audio files being out there so streaming is a huge piece of it obviously being in a pandemic you know I used to go to 30 to 40, 50 concerts a year, and they could be anything. Like I said, folk music, it could be country music, it could be rock music, it could be anything. And so I would go there as much for my education as for entertainment, because I wanted to learn what other artists were doing. And then, you know, just seeing now that because we're in a, obviously a pandemic, that 
people have to connect a different way. So people are now using like Zoom, for example, to host concerts. You know, obviously there's a lot more uh, file sharing happening, streaming services, like I mentioned before. There's probably a plethora of other things that I'm not even familiar with yet. <laughs> but those are the main things that I, I'll flock to often. If people wanted to listen to your or any music that South Oval puts out, where can they find this? So you can go to youtube.com and just type in South Oval. There's about nearly a dozen songs up there now, some from our initial album called Sane and Insane Places. And then there's a bunch of newer songs that I've put up recently. As well, there's also www.n1m.com slash South Oval. And there I can put up a couple songs and people can actually go and listen and, you know, put their lights on as well. I think we're on SoundCloud as well. I put a few songs on SoundCloud and I'm, like I said, I'm just learning more and more. So eventually I might even put some up for people to be able to purchase the MP3 files and stuff like that, but I haven't gotten that far yet. That's still part of my learning process for sure. So Greg, what's one thing you want our listeners to get out of today's conversation? Well, I think number one, anytime you're making or recording music or anything like that, you want to transfer to the listener, right? So if I'm not feeling the music, like it, I can create what I think is the best piece of art, but if nobody wants to listen to it, then you haven't really done your job. So you want to make it so that people have the opportunity to listen to it and may want to go back to it again and again, maybe not. And then the other thing is to me, music's supposed to be shared. So, or at least in my opinion, it, if you can share your music, then you might be able to impart emotion or thought or, or just share and converse about different music. And I have conversations with friends all the time about different music. We'll share different things, maybe on YouTube or something like that. Say, hey, this is what I'm listening to. Have a listen. Or family, you know, this, this might pique your interest. So to me, sharing music, listening to music, it's really important, I think. And especially in these times where we're all more isolated than usual, music can take you and and into new realms within your brain to help get you out of funks and stuff like that. It's great. It's motivational as well to, for things like activity and exercise. So music has, in my opinion, a, a huge part in people's lives. And certainly it's been a very important part of your life as well. Definitely. So Greg, before we wrap up, I have one last question. I always like to ask all of my guests, what is one thing you want to learn more about? And again, this does not have to be musically related. Well, I think I'm like you, Mike, in that I am a constant learner. I always want to learn more about so many different things, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you two anyway. You and I have talked about this before, but one of them is renovating bathrooms, so like home renovations, doing uh, your own type of home renovations and learning kind of the best ways to go about it. And certainly how can we do a lot of that, both as projects, instead of you know, going out and just paying somebody, how can I learn to do these things properly so that I also know how to fix them later on too when something goes wrong? And then the other one too is just also on cooking healthier. I do a lot of cooking for my family these days. And so cooking healthier, heart healthy, you know, cooking more, learning new recipes from the vegetarian side of things, the, but not just that, but heart healthy, body healthy, just really trying to eat healthier in general. 
Great. So thank you, Greg, uh, for coming and joining me today. I certainly learned a lot from this conversation. I hope others have as well. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Thanks so much, Greg. Thanks for tuning into the Have You Ever podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Do you have a topic you would like me to explore? I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at haveyouever.podcast. And now here is South Oval with more than you've ever been used to. Have a great day and stay curious. to go.